Welcome to the Charity Matters Podcast. Mr. Rogers' mother said, always look for the helpers. I'm Heidi Johnson, nonprofit founder, lifelong helper, and your host. I've been interviewing the helpers for a decade with my blog, and I'm excited to finally be sharing these inspiring conversations with our new podcast. Join me as we learn the challenges and stories of innovators, entrepreneurs, and modern-day heroes who set out to solve the problems of humanity. Today, our guest is Meredith Seacrest Leach, who is a co-founder and the executive director of the Ryan Seacrest Foundation. I'm so excited to share her amazing journey and our conversation about her family's incredible work and service in providing film, television, and music studios to children's hospitals around the country. I'm so excited that we get to have this conversation today, and I think so so many of us know your family's name through your brother, and I mean, I, being in Los Angeles, um, drive to work and listen to your brother, Ryan, calling your mom, Connie, to talk about his day, and I, I, I feel like your family is my family because I've listened to um, to Ryan and your mom talk on the radio so much, but for a lot of other people, I think they know your brother through so many things, but I don't know that they know about the charitable side of your family and the work that you all do, which is why we're here today to talk. And I'm really excited um, to highlight that. So I'd love to hear about a little bit about the Ryan Seacrest Family Foundation and about how it all came to be. Well, I'm so excited to chat with you today as well. And you know, this was about, gosh, just over 10 years ago, and Ryan would do a lot of, of visits with children's hospitals through his various jobs, and, and in particular, the radio show, where he would take his team down there, and they'd set up at Children's Hospital of Orange County there in California, and they would bring in some special guests and broadcast live, and, and um, he got so much feedback from families, just the energy it brought to the hospital. And I actually would go with him as well to visit and it was something I like to join him. And there was one visit that uh, we were at the hospital and there was a little girl who hadn't got out of bed in 72 days. And it was just, but she got out of bed to be part of this broadcast and got to meet Selena Gomez. And it just, it moved all of us and my you know, the nurses had tears in their eyes and just the power of creating this excitement in the hospital inspired this little girl to get out of bed. So I think, you know, and and you've talked about this, I know on your podcast, kind of there's this moment and what is that moment that kind of triggers an idea or uh, wanting to create something or do more. So after that moment, you know, we rode back in the car together and just like, oh, wow, that was just so moving. And he's, you know, he just said, you know, what could we do that could live in the children's hospital? I can't broadcast every day. Um, I'd love to, but, you know, right. I, I can't be live every day. But what could we create and do that could live in the hospital, create this energy? We could bring, you know, use our relationships and contacts, you know, bring some fun guests to come by. Um, and, you know, we sat down as a family and kind of talked about, okay, you know, my brother reached a point. He said, I, I give a lot to other causes, which I love to do, but I'd love to create something that's my own and that's tangible right. um, versus just, you know, a, a check here or there. And and so we really talked about, you know, rather than reinvent the wheel, it's like, what is he good at? Radio and television. Right. 
So, and he knows how to, you know, a radio studio, TV studio. So we decided um, through the relationships we have to kind of replicate his radio studio with Kiss FM, as well as fold in some uh, technical side for television. And it evolved into what we now call Seacrest Studios. So it's a hybrid of a radio and TV studio. We decided to build the first one at uh, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, our hometown, where we, uh, my brother and I were raised and born. Um, and we really started with that first hospital and had a conversation with them about the idea. And they took a chance to see, you know, what this would be. And it evolved from there that then we got connected to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And uh, actually, Selena Gomez helped us launch uh, the opening for that studio. And then she and that was, was your second studio. That was our second. And so she, what year was this that you sat down to do this? We we the conversation started in 2009 and then we launched our first studio in, in 2010. So and then and in a year you were able to even pull this together. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's remarkable because things in, from someone who's, um, started a nonprofit that, um, provides chaplains at children's hospitals, children's hospitals are, are miraculous places and they're their own, um, unique almost city and culture. Each one of them is, is very special, but things typically move slowly in children's hospitals. Change is not fast in children's hospitals. Things are so thought out about and every last, thing is set has so many processes and procedures in order to happen. Um, and I say this with all of my heart for my, for over a decade, almost 18 years of Children's Hospital Los Angeles and working with them, but that's just how they are. So the fact that you did that within a year, I mean, that's almost unheard of. I know. And I, I think, you know, we, we kind of say we weren't sure, fully sure what we were getting ourselves into or building. No and one ever knows. Just so you know, no one ever knows who starts. I know it was, again, the fact that we were able to, to build the first one and then through some relationships of someone who was on a board at the hospital in Philadelphia, they loved the idea, sent down this, you know, the CEO and team. They decided they wanted one. And once we were in Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, which is so highly, you know, credited and, um, and ranked, you know, it really opened the door for so many other hospitals saying, hey, well, if they have this, you know, maybe right. we, we want one. We want and, one too. Uh, and again, you know, Selena, because she helped us open the ho- or the studio there and be po- a special guest, she was from Dallas and called her, the local children's hospital there that she went to and said, hey, I want to help bring this there. And they said, let's do it. And next thing you know, we're building in Dallas. And, and then it just kind of started to take off. And we realized we had to really get a registration process and <laughs> things in place to actually uh, have a application and, and process and procedure for building these. Those are great problems to have because I think one of the challenges, um, the blessing and the curse of of running a business that serves people is we always want to serve more people. We always want to help more people. In your case, you want to help more children and more families. And so you you can never meet the need. You can never, there's always going to be more needs than you can meet. And I think it's one of the hardest um, things to realize that you you can't help everybody and you can't save everybody and you, but you can do what you can do and you can do what you do well. But to scale is really something that a lot of nonprofits and organizations in general, just businesses, you know, deal with struggling. And you almost had the opposite effect. Like it was growing almost faster than you had even thought was going to happen. So what are some of the challenges that you've come across as you were doing this? 
Yeah, I mean, we really had to start as, as, as there was interest start to stagger our builds because, you know, with, with the fundraising, the time that we had to put into uh, the build outs, we, we didn't want to go too fast. So we had right. to, to say, hey, you know, if you applied, we can work with you in this, you know, time frame, but we have to accomplish this project first because we're right. a lean team. We don't have a lot of people working on these projects so we couldn't do multiple too close together. As um, are all nonprofits, lean teams. That's the nature of the beast. <laughs> very lean. Um, and, you know, I'm the first to say I did not go to school for this so it's you're learning as you're growing and building uh and it's it's definitely um it's it's just you're constantly learning and and um i think yeah we we didn't fully know how this was going to to work out but it it just kept growing and we we figured it out step by step what have been some of the hardest things for you along the way i mean what do you think has been some of the biggest challenges you know, I think we've learned a lot along the way in the sense of, you know, where's the best place to put the studio within the hospital for engagement, um, the size of the studio with just, you know, equipment and wheelchair access and just right. getting better and better at evolving this the design and the concept for the needs. Um, another part Real estate of- is tricky in children's hospitals. Yes. I mean, real estate, when we... We had to kick out McDonald's to put it in a chapel, and it was trying to to tell um, cancer patients they can't get their French fries after chemo treatment and oncology nurses who bribe the kids with the fries to get through their treatment. And then you say there's not going to be fries because there's going to be another thing here. I'm sure you've run into some of those challenges with just real estate in in hospitals because that's a really tricky Definitely. And, and, you know, we've been part of some new builds and then we've been where we had to retrofit, but, you know, a gift shop maybe had to move to a different location or what have you and, and trying to kind of explain, this is why we need a little more square footage. We promise it'll be worth it. It'll be amazing. Um, we hope you can give a little more. Um, but yes, I definitely understand real estate. And I think too, which we're learning right now as well as, you know, the technology we put in 10 years ago, it's changed so much and it's always changing. So we have someone that's part of our team that is just fully tech support because, you know, whether it's something breaks or it needs upgraded. And now that we have 11 studios we built, it's, a, I mean, it's a lot of work to keep up with technology and, and it's something that we say we're, we're a partner with them. We're going to fix it and keep it state of the art. We don't want it the studios to be run down or, uh, you know, we want to keep up that quality that we uh, that we say that we're going to bring. So I know because I've spent a lot of time in children's hospitals, but describe um, for our listeners, people who haven't really been in children's hospital, what the experience is for a child that um, is a part of your program and what and what what you're able to do through the gift of music and television and entertainment for them? I think this, the studios really become a safe place for kids in a way to feel, you know, you're not in a children's hospital or at least forget for a little while that you are and have some fun, have a positive distraction, um, meet some fun people, get to have dance parties, karaoke parties, maybe learn that you have a talent you didn't know, whether it's singing or if it's a confidence to be on air and, you know, it, it's evolved so much too with 
patients, maybe they don't want to do their physical therapy, but they come down to the studio and they start moving their arms and their legs or they get out of their wheelchair to go play a game and they didn't realize they walked. So it's evolved Mm -hmm. into so many touch points of just kind of uh, helping kids uh, through a hard time. And and there's so much, you know, with the mental health uh, to, to to keep your head up and to, to keep morale during a hard time. And it's really a place that hopefully can help with that um, and, and not think about medicine and uh, treatments and just have fun and use entertainment to do that. And I think that there's so um, there should be more emphasis maybe on just the simple things like joy. I mean, I think we just forget about joy. And I think sometimes it's easy for these um, children and these families that are so, hearing about this procedure and this is next. And it's just all about um, processes. And it's not about just remembering that you're a kid and hearing a song that you love or seeing someone that you would really admire and what that joy does for all of us, whether you're a sick child or not, that joy does something physical that's really magical and healing. I mean, we have parents just say, you know, my child smiled today or laughed or I, you know, just, just see them bumps everywhere, you know, but it's, it's a small, it feels like such a small thing, but if that space we create can bring that joy or that moment for a family or create some sense of relief, you know, that's when we feel, wow, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And, um, and I think, too, with bringing special guests, if you know, with Ryan and his radio shows and all that he does, has we have these relationships to bring fun people in. And, you know, a lot of people are not able to go to concerts or not, you know, they're right. missing certain things because they're in the hospital. So the fact that they can say, I just met Taylor Swift, uh, their their friends at school are saying, whoa, I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Absolutely. How cool is that? I'd like to meet Taylor Swift. Everyone would like to meet Taylor Swift. (laughs) Well, and I also, I mean, you mentioned just kind of all of a sudden it's growing and it's big and it's heavy and you're, it's easy to get overwhelmed. I think people don't realize how hard this work is. This work is really hard. You're running a business. You're relying on the kindness of others to help fund that business in some levels in donations and celebrity support and all these different things with your business, all these pieces. And the bucket gets the bucket gets heavy some days and, and, and when you're at the end of the road and the bucket's heavy and you still have a child and you still have a family and you still have a lot to do, but you know that the buck kind of stops with you. I mean, what are those moments that make you think, okay, I gotta, I gotta keep going here. This is, this is, this has been a doozy. Like it's coming at me from all angles today. What are those moments that fuel you to kind of keep going? Again, I think. You know, I had worked in the entertainment business before uh, moving into the nonprofit space, and yet we still work with a lot of entertainment um, people and what have you. But it's it's just a different space to be in. And you know, I think knowing that each day what we do is really helping someone. You know, I'm not just going to work, and it's lovely that I created this and I got these emails out, and I don't know, we worked on a new production for a show. That's exciting, but this really right. has meaning and. To be able to say that you your job, if you want to call it a job, but your passion is really helping people and you get these stories back or even with working with some companies, you know, if it's a toy company, you realize you helped you know, this toy company bring all these toys in, but it just made the day of this child who really needed it. And it's it's a toy, but it right. it's 
it lifted their spirits in a way or was something they just needed. And the fact that we can be that connective tissue to bring, you know, not only the Seacrest Studios to the hospital, but also bring in different opportunities, whether it's entertainment or education experiences, um, fun toys for the kids. It just, I don't know, it, it, it's it's so important. And, and I just realize that every day that I'm, I'm lucky to do what I do and have the ability to do it. Well, I, I, I always say we don't get um, we don't get into this for the money. We get paid in humanity. We get paid in such bigger ways. Um, I always say we have a front row seat to humanity that I, we get to witness the most generous and beautiful moments. Um, we also see really difficult moments, you know, being in the nonprofit space. But it's those moments, I think, that fuel us. Um, whether it's that child that's dancing or smiling, that in some way you know that you have some tiny cog in a bigger wheel that is making life better for somebody. I think that there's there's no greater payday than that. I think it's just it's just it's it's what makes us tick. We're we're a crazy breed of people who work really hard, but I think it's um it's it's a privilege to witness um to witness those moments. So I think that's so exciting. So I'm just curious, did you guys grow up? Um, I mean, I feel like I said, like, you know, Connie's my mom too. She's telling Ryan drive when I was driving to work, you know, what she's making for dinner and what she's doing and she's going to go play tennis with the girls or whatever she's doing. Um, but did you guys grow up? Was your mom really philanthropic or your family or did, I mean, was this just something kind of hardwired to you or was it, or was it more just that moment? Like how, how did you guys grow up and, um, cause I just don't believe you just start a business like this unless there was something that happened along the way. Yeah. I think, you know, again, we say my mom, Connie is the best and she's such a generous, you know, was a generous mother, but was just that true mom, mom that was there always and looked after us and packed our lunch and was at every game, whatever it may be. And I think, you know, definitely she instilled kind of a, a caring notion in us and how to be kind to others. And uh, we did a lot. I mean, both Ryan and I through our church, I think that was a lot where philanthropic efforts started for both of us. And, and even in school, our schools did a lot, whether it's with food banks or Habitat for Humanity. And we got exposed to a lot, I think, through childhood, through that. Um, and then I think, you know, just as time evolved, when this moment came with Ryan and coming to the family, I think it was all something we all felt on board to do and compelled to do. And, and especially when Ryan started the, or had this first idea, you know, I had a full-time job doing something else. And when this evolved that we launched the first studio, then another one, and he came to me and said, Hey, will you quit your job and run this? And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is, you know, working with family can be tricky. And, um, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do I want to do this? Is this the right thing to do? And I thought, well, goodness, if there was ever a time to collaborate or work with my brother and even my parents too, the found, you know, the nonprofit space, the, the space to give back, the space to use, you know, what our family believes in and wants to do for others. That's the best way and, and best place to work together. And, you know, it, Ryan's not calling me saying, you know, how many things did you sell today? Or, you know, what did you right. do? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, saying, you know, it's more giving updates of, you know, what we were able to do and the impact we could make today. And, and he's someone who always, if I text him or need him to do something, he answers right away. And, and that's something that's nice as a sister, that we have such a great relationship and, and can use it for good. 
good. I mean, that's, and your parents, I hope Connie's beaming at this, listening with pride at her um, amazing children. I know, obviously, she gets to see your work, and you get to see your work in person. But one of the things, you, a word you said was impact, and, and it's a word that I um, I actually have a love-hate relationship with because I don't know if you guys ever reach out and do grants or um, for foundations, but they also want to know your impact. And I think it's great that we, that we're accountable because we're business and we want um, people to invest and support our work and, and, and know that we're a great organization. But sometimes it's hard to measure, like you said, the child that's dancing in the hospital. How do you measure that or the joy that you bring to a child when they see their, meet their favorite celebrity? Um, I mean, those are things that are impactful. So how would you measure your impact? Is it, and it doesn't matter if it's, amount of studios, children served, or is it just a story or a moment? It, it, I think there's so many different ways to measure it with what you guys have done since 2009. Is, there's a lot of impact there. I, I think you, you make such a good point. You know, to be honest, we haven't applied for a lot of grants because of those applications. And we have such, it's sometimes it's hard to measure all that we do and that we're there to create joy and these moments for smiles and lifting their spirits. And we do know that there's, because all our content feeds to patients' rooms, we have had studies that have shown, you know, the number of calls goes down for medicine and it, it there's better, uh, you know, wow. less patients are calling doctors and they're engaging in the programming. But, you know, we've really talked about this. You want to measure things, but we don't necessarily want the kids to have to come in the studio and fill out some questionnaire of how does this right. feel today and how that they've got enough of that. So we just want them to come in, forget about everything and have fun. So we definitely struggle a bit of, you know, how do you get those measure this when it's something that's so it, it, it's hard to, to, to measure. Right. It's hard to measure. I mean, and I, I that's why I, I have this love-hate with this word, because everyone wants to know your impact. It's like, okay, I can say how many children we've served. I can say this. But, I mean, I run a leadership organization. How do I measure if you've become a leader? I, I see it. I see that you're a leader. But I don't have a way to measure it. How do you measure the joy in a, smiles, in a child's face? You you can't measure that. And yet we're we're called to do that. So it's just such a a mixed thing because we know we're doing these beautiful works. We see it. We see it in the people that we serve, but then to be asked to, to quantify it is sometimes, um, yeah. How many smiles did you produce? <laughs> um, right. count those. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's tough. It, it, it is tough. It, it's just, it's just a crazy thing. It's one of those things that just is, it, it always makes me a little, a little funky. But if you could dream any dream for the Ryan Seacrest Foundation, what would that, what does that look like? I mean, if anything is possible, what, what does that look like for, for you and your family? What do you think you want to see it evolve to? It's obviously evolved a lot in the past decade. I think, you know, we're, we continue to look for new locations to grow, and we always say it's it's not about, you know, the number of studios. We really want it to be high quality and, and the right partnerships, but looking to grow, and potentially this goes, maybe goes out of the country. Who knows one day, and it's an international expansion. 
who knows? We, we've made it to, to 11 studios. We'll see where it goes. Um, and I think just continuing to improve our programming. We do a lot that's live programming, but we now also have the capabilities through our technology to plug in almost like a network would be where you can have time slots of programming that we slot in for the hours that it can't be live. So just really evolving the quality, the engagement, um, and, and just seeing where we can continue to, to grow and, and, and make it even better and better as we go. So explain a little bit about uh, the programming because, um, for, for Children's Hospital Los Angeles, which are the only ones that I'm very familiar with, um, I know communication in a hospital is sometimes tricky and why the dog might be visiting that week or there might be an art program or something happening in the library. There's so many hubs of activity happening in hospitals. There's, you know, directories for parents and there's now tablets, but for, for the child, for the patient, what does that look like for them when they're in their hospital bed and you guys are doing something? What, explain to me what, what their options are and what they find when they're there. Yeah, so we rely a lot on the nurses or we have some promotion that goes on, you know, even the trays in the cafeteria or little, you know, stickers that are on the TV, basically sharing go to a certain channel. And that's where you find Seacrest Studios. And you're able to, you know, engage with the content. So whether it's playing bingo and you actually, a card gets brought to you and you're playing along, you can FaceTime in, you can call in on your phone. Uh, So it's it's a more engaging style of, of programming Versus just, you know, other channels are great, but you could turn it to Nickelodeon or Disney or another station and watch a movie or show, whereas this is truly uh, more programming that's engaging. Um, and we have all kinds of things, whether it's uh, watching other kids that are in studio doing dance parties or we have games that they play and you can play in the studio or from bedside. Um, we do virtual tours. We have special guests come in. We have puppet shows. We have you know, WWE wrestlers that come and visit. I mean, it could be, there's a lot, you don't always know what you're going to get, but we do have programming schedules that are put out. So patients that are there, they can see what's kind of on the schedule for that in particular studio uh, that they know when to tune in and, and what they can see. I mean, that's so, that's so fun and they need to have, they need to have that. I mean, those students, those students, those children, um, and patients, they need to have fun and they need to do things that are normal. So I love that you are providing that. It's just, I think sometimes people think of it, they think, oh, well, if I can get down there and see it, but even if you're in your room, you have access all the time. So it's not a matter of you have to get wheeled down because of celebrities there, but you're, you're constantly engaging with the patients. And I think one thing, you know, none of us could have ever anticipated the world we're in now uh, with the pandemic, but because our studios were equipped to feed each patient, patient's room, uh, it's allowed for our studios to be open during this time to still create programming. It's one of the only ways a lot of patients are getting kind of interaction with other people and they, they're limited on how many uh Parents can be in the room. Their siblings can't right. visit. So it's definitely become a, a place to feel a sense of interaction uh, through the, the through the channel and watching the channel. Well, and that connection. I mean, that that connection is so important. And it's back to those immeasurable, impactful, beautiful things um, that sometimes just slip through the cracks when people are trying to make sure that you're 
had this rehab or you've had this shot or you've had this medicine dose and you're on the schedule. And those moments um, of connection are just just as critical sometimes as that medicine or more so. So what I mean, that's that's a gift. That's such a huge gift. So this journey has been, I mean, kind of unexpected one. And I have to say, um, most people that go on the nonprofit adventure, uh, kind of Mr. Toad's wild ride of nonprofit, that's usually unexpected. It's not something that you usually set out um, to do. It usually happens organically with at least almost everyone I've spoken to. They've had this moment and things happen, but they never see. Everyone says, if I only knew, you know, now. What do you think you've learned from this? What sort of life lessons have you learned um, since 2009? I mean, you've you've accomplished incredible um, amount. I mean, 11 children's hospitals, children's hospitals, at least in L.A., we have, you know, over 150,000 patients going in every year. So there's hundreds of thousands of children you're packing every single year and then times 11 studios. I mean, it's it's incredible. But what do you think you've learned along the way? Well, I definitely have learned, you know, you never stop learning because when we started this, you know, again, learning how a nonprofit works and about 990s and oh, uh, up, good all stuff. Stuff. <laughs> you know, there's the fun part of, of what you get to do to help others. But then there's the infrastructure and, you know, compliance and, and there's so much to learn. And, and that's something that I'm continuously learning as we go. But, you know, one thing I think that was so special with this, you know, as you might have other jobs or things that you do in life, but this was something you could truly make decisions on what your heart wants to do versus, you know, this, I need to go to my job today. I need to, again, sell five things. Um, this was, you know what, well, this feels right. And this is the way we're going to move this. And something about listening to that kind of inner voice and of what felt right to do actually led us in a way to build something. And we felt it, I think, unitedly as a family, uh, what were some of the right steps to take and right partners to pick. And, you know, too, if, if someone came to us sometimes and said, oh, they want to help, but it didn't feel right or their their motives were in the right place or it just saying, you know, thank you, but maybe this isn't the right person to to join us in this mission. And we really just listen to our hearts and what we wanted to build and how we wanted to help. And I think it, it led us in a, in a great direction. Well, you usually can't go wrong when you listen to your heart. I know there's a lot of people that are probably saying, Oh no, 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 you should listen. to No, I, I couldn't. I just, I, I'm all about listening to the heart. So I, that, I think that that is beautiful. And I think what's even more beautiful is that it's a collective heart. It's not one heart. It's four hearts that are, you know, aligned completely um, to do this work. And so as just as a mother and thinking about raising, you know, philanthropic children, what, what a dream to think that you've raised, you know, children and that you're working together to make the world better. I mean, that's about, that's about the lottery. I think um, in my book, I think that's about as good as it, about as good as it gets. So how do you think you've changed the person you were in 2009? You know, you were doing great stuff. You had a great career, but I mean, you see when you see when you want anyone who walks into a children's hospital is changed. Even if you just go today to your local children's hospital, you'll be changed. For sure. For sure. And now that I've walked in children's hospitals quite a bit with uh, working with 11 um, and visiting even more, it it definitely changes you. And I think 
I have a lot of perspective more than I ever had before of just, you know, I know it sounds so cliche, but health is wealth. And if you're not healthy, you know, that is hard. And just to be so grateful of what I do have and not focusing on what I don't have um, and seeing some of these families and what they're going through. And I think no one wants to see anyone sick, but seeing sick children, oh, it is hard. And the strength some of these young people have is just incredible. And how mature and perspective on life. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, if you could have this perspective on life, I got to get it together. I mean, (laughs) I was upset about or this didn't work out or this schedule change. That is just that goes up and and disappears in the sky. I mean, that is not what it's about. And and, um, I think it, it just really keeps me in check of what what is important in life and, and trying to focus on that and be present in the, the positive things and not go down, you know, the, the wrong path of focusing on negative things. Amen. Well, I think I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think that if there's one thing that I have learned from time at Children's Hospitals, it's just gratitude. It's just incredible gratitude and exactly for health, for for all the things that we just um It's so easy to take for granted in a busy day. And I think all of us this year have learned gratitude and and appreciation of health with COVID. I think that the world has had to take a small dose of it. For Mm -hmm. those of us that aren't been privileged enough to spend time in children's hospitals. Um, But it is, I think, what you walk away from when is definitely gratitude. And then you can't have joy without gratitude. You can't have anything without gratitude. So... Anytime you're in children's hospital, you leave feeling people will say, Oh, isn't it so sad? And, and I would say, No, every time I leave children's hospital, I would leave happier. Mm-hmm. Um, CHLA, I would just leave happier and more fulfilled and, and grateful mm-hmm. and so grateful. And I think that what you guys are doing is absolutely, um, remarkable. And I think, and I have to just say this, um, before we wrap up is I, I've interviewed hundreds of nonprofit founders, and the one common thread, and you are no exception, is that they never want to talk about themselves. They want to talk about their work. And what I think is interesting is especially um, Brian and you and your family, you're in a position to really, I mean, brag all over the place about yourself, and you, and, and you don't. Because you're a nonprofit founder, and nonprofit founders don't do that. <laughs> and so I'm really excited to have a moment to share the work you're doing because I don't think the world, the world may know your brother and know your family, but they don't know your heart and they don't know the incredible work you're doing to serve hundreds of thousands of children and families. And I'm so grateful to be able to share that um, because it's really beautiful and really inspiring. So thank you for that. Thank you. And, you know, again, we're, I think it is, it's true. We want, our heart is about the work and not about, you know, tooting our horn by any means and uh, about what all we do. And I think, you know, whether it's the the student or the patients that we impact, and, and I know earlier you actually said students and and we're talking about patients, uh, but 
I wanted to just highlight too that a big part of uh, what we do as well, um, we have an internship program that we started. So now we have worked with over a hundred universities and more than a thousand interns. And we provide uh, for interns or students to get firsthand experience running our broadcast media centers. So they get hands-on experience. And we've really seen even too uh, how much it's, made an impact on these young people, the students, that they had maybe never been in a children's hospital. And they leave not only their internship with the experience of how to work all the equipment, but working with these families and these patients, and they're forever changed. And we've really, I think that's been another side of things to see the impact on all these young people that have been part of the internship program. And so to not only be able to help patients, but also maybe inspire young people to be more philanthropic or have a better perspective on what life, life is all about. That's been amazing to see as well. That is a gift. I always, I run a youth leadership organization and our college students train our high school students and our high school students train our middle school students. But I always say the greatest gift is planting that seed of compassion in our kids. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're planting that seed of compassion and they're going to go out and they're going to help more people and more people. And that opportunity is fantastic. It only magnifies your work and, um, and your impact that there goes that word again, <laughs> that horrible word, but, but it is your impact. I mean, it just the ripple effect on what you're doing. Um, and I love that extra layer. So thank you for sharing that. So tell me how we can support you, volunteer donate, where we can find you, all that, um, all that great stuff and just simple ways we can, that we can help. Yes, sir. So, you know, speaking of the interns, that's one way uh, uh, young college students can reach out to our website. It's ryansecrestfoundation.org and they can see how they can apply for internship on our website. Um, we also, Obviously, we're grateful for contributions, whether personal contributions. We also work with corporate uh, corp corporations that uh, help have been sponsors to us and help us build these facilities across the country and maintain them. Uh, we work a lot too with with talent, so it's agencies, you know, there in, in, in LA and New York, and um, or it's record labels bringing in. Um, celebrities on tour. And, and and now even with COVID, we've been doing a lot of virtual visits. So before when we had to maybe focus on, okay, this person's having a concert in Atlanta, could they stop by our studio while they're there? We're able to kind of open up the gates more for fun people to visit the kids virtually. Um, great. We also have, um, we've looked into new partnerships and one in particular is uh, with We've teamed up with a snack group. It's Snack Stational brand group, and they make this fun popcorn that's uh, with different candy bars, whether it's Snickers or Oreo cookie pop, and a portion of all the sales with the snack pop go to support us. So that's an easy way to give back if you have Yummy. Yeah, it's Sam's Club or Walmart. You can grab a bag and know that you're having fun popcorn, but you're supporting us. And um you can also go to snackpop.com. Um, again, technology, that's another space to help us. We work with a lot of wonderful tech companies that are um, grateful, you know, we're grateful for, and they've supported us with donations of technology or at least some discounts. So we always, always are looking for tech partners. And um, 
again, we, we also work with toy companies and anyone who wants to help support or bring something fun in for kids. We do a lot with games. So it's small prizes we can give away and they maybe, you know, that's what the toy company, Jack's Pacific there in California, we work with. So it's kind of the sky's the limit in a way. We just want to bring great things into the hospital and, and um, really our website's the best place to go to, to learn more. I love that. Thank you so much. I, I really think that it's such a privilege to give back and I don't think um, it's kind of a, a, it's kind of an addiction. And once you start helping people, you just, you can't stop. You just want to keep going. And and it's the greatest feeling in the whole world is just knowing that somehow you had something to do with someone else's smile. And I just, I'm so inspired by you and your family and all you're doing to bring smiles to so many children who need joy. So thank you for sharing your story and thank you for all you're doing on behalf of those hundreds of thousands of children. Can't say thank you to you. Really such a gift. Well, thank you, and thanks for uh, having me on today and and for wanting to learn more about our work and sharing our story. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Charity Matters podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Meredith Seacrest-Leach about what it takes to start a business that changes people's lives. I think her comment about following what's in your heart and listening to that voice was so inspiring and true. To learn more about these modern day heroes and entrepreneurs, or if you'd like to reach out to us, visit us at charity-matters.com or connect with us on Instagram at Charity Matters. And if you enjoyed our conversation, we would love it if you shared this with your friends and family. Remember that together we can make a difference, one small act of kindness at a time. See you next week.